Well, would you open the scriptures with me to Psalm 104? This is a wonderful psalm concerning God's creation, and I just uh, thought we could read it tonight. I have a little bit of a cold, so I probably sound a little strange, but if you follow along, uh, even if I don't sound very good, the words are good. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with splendor and majesty, covering Thyself with light as with a cloak, stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. He lays the beams of His upper chambers in the waters. He makes the clouds His chariot. He walks upon the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers, flaming fire his ministers. He established the earth upon its foundations so that it will not totter forever and ever. Thou didst cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters were standing above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the sound of thy thunder... They hurried away. The mountains rose. The valleys sank down to the place place which thou established for them. Thou didst set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. He sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of heaven dwell. They lift up their voices among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the labor of man so that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine which makes man's heart glad so that he may make his face glisten with oil and food which sustains man's heart. The trees of the Lord drink their fill, the cedars of Lebanon which he planted, where the birds build their nests, and the stork whose home is in the fir tree. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of its setting. Thou dost appoint darkness, and it becomes night, in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lay down in their dens. Man goes forth to his work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how many are thy works! In wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth earth is full of thy possessions. There is the sea, great and broad, 
in which are swarms without number, animals both great, both small and great. There the ships move along, and Leviathan, which thou hast formed, to sport in it. They all wait for thee to give them their food in due season. Thou dost give to them, they gather it up. Thou dost open thy hand, they are satisfied with good. Thou dost hide thy face, they are dismayed. Thou dost take away their spirit, they expire and return to their dust. Thou dost send forth thy spirit, they are created. Thou dost renew the face of the ground. Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the Lord be glad in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and that the wicked be no more. Blessed be the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Well, along about 4.30 this afternoon, I realized that I really didn't have very much uh, that I felt like would be profitable to share from this psalm. I'd been working on it all day. And I thought, I just, I can't, I don't know if there's anything here that's going to be worth the people coming out in cold weather uh, to hear. I got up from my chair and uh, pulled up the uh, shade on my window in the bedroom, and there is a most incredible sunset. Did anybody see it? It was incredible. I mean, just layer after layer of reddish-orange clouds. Uh, you, you couldn't believe it. I said, Ryan, get the camera. So we tried to snap a couple pictures, but uh, it, is just for, it was just like five, five or ten minutes, and then it was gone. But it was enough to say, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I've got, because that's exactly what this, this psalm is all about. I, I don't know if David wrote this or not. It doesn't say that he did. I can picture him doing it. I can picture him out sitting on a hill and just looking at God's creation and meditating on God's creation and just writing down his thoughts. And isn't it amazing? Here we are, 3,000 years later, and it's the same. For anybody that has eyes to see, it's the same. I, that sunset that I saw tonight, David saw sunsets like that, except he could write about them in ways that I can't. <clears throat> well, this is a psalm related to God's creation and God's providence. It's not just thinking about God creating this, but God sustaining all of these things. I mean, it comes out over and over in this psalm. <clears throat> Actually, the psalm itself roughly follows uh, the account in Genesis chapter 1. Sometime you might want to kind of check that out 
just the, the, the flow of, of chapter 1 of Genesis is, is roughly followed in uh, this account. Well, David was able to write a psalm like this and praise God for what he saw because he meditated on these things. This is one of our big problems. We don't. We don't meditate. You know, I was thinking about this. Sometimes we think about the education that our um, college students, for instance, receive, and there's so much information, but there's no meditation. And so there's very little education because if you're really going to see things and understand things and, and get a hold of things the way God wants you to get a hold of them, you're going to have to meditate. This is, what, this is what David did. He said, let my meditation be pleasing to him. This was a meditation, you see. This psalm, I don't think this psalm would have come about apart from meditation. And so uh, if, if all we have is education... We're going to miss most of the important things in life. Unless you have some meditation, uh, you're going to miss what God really wants to, us to understand and see. Well, David, if this was David, a psalmist anyway, the psalmist meditated on what he was looking at. And consequently, the, we have a wonderful psalm here. Meditation means active contemplation, not wandering thoughts. He zeroed in here on what, what he was seeing around him and contemplated those things. Uh, purposeful concentration of his mind on the subject that he was meditating upon, putting out other thoughts and zeroing in on, on what he was looking at here. Um, it's... It's chewing on these things. That's meditation has to do with chewing on something. Uh, one uh, writer said it has to do with speaking to oneself, uh, uh, turning over in one's mind these things. See, this is this is what it, it, the, the thing is. This one of the reasons this doesn't happen in college is because it takes time, and you're uh, John's going like this because you have so much thrown at you. You don't have time, so much information, you don't have time to think about any one thing very long. And that's what it takes, you see. It takes time to think about things if you're going to meditate on something, to turn it over in your mind. Uh, so, anyway, just a brief exhortation on meditation there. We need this. It's a vital part of the Christian life. It is opposite of what is taught in a lot of false religion. The idea of, of a number of religions has to do with the idea of emptying your mind so that you can get in touch with God. It's totally opposite of that. It's filling your mind with truth from God's creation and God's revelation, filling your mind with that, not emptying your mind. That's the way to get in touch with God. And that's the ultimate purpose of uh, this psalm is not just to contemplate creation, but to get in touch with the Creator. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, Thou art very great. 
And then he ends up um, with, with these uh, words where he says, I will sing to the Lord. In other words, this creation was just a vehicle. The wonders of creation and providence were just a vehicle to bring him to praise, to bring him closer to God. So that was the, that's the ultimate end of this uh, psalm is just to know God better. Well, uh, to get in touch with God. Now, one thing that comes clearly from this psalm is that God is involved in everything. And uh, this is is the way we should walk through this world also, realizing that God is involved in everything. And I'm not just talking about the big events of history either. I'm talking about every blade of grass. You see how the psalmist puts it here uh, in verse 14. He causes the grass to grow. And he has a purpose for that. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. There's the inner workings of God's uh, uh, creation. In other words, it all fits together in God's plan. But the point is, is that every little blade of grass has a purpose in God's creation. And he causes it to grow. It does, grass doesn't just grow. He causes the grass to grow. Another way of, of saying the same thing is, and we, we do this all the time, and I don't think it's really wrong if we realize in back of what we're saying there's a greater truth. If we say, it thundered, we are really not biblical. Uh, because it was God that thundered. It isn't anything. God is in charge of everything. So, verse 7, for instance. At thy rebuke they fled. At the sound of thy thunder they hurried away. He's talking about the, the waters there as he, God commands them to um, move back so that the land would be exposed. So, it doesn't thunder. God thunders. Uh, or, when the sun goes down, we say, well, it's getting dark. It's getting dark. Well, God's in charge of that. He's involved in everything. Verse 20 (coughs) says, Thou dost appoint darkness, and it becomes night, in which the beasts of the forest prowl about. It's not wrong to say it's getting dark, but we realize when we say that, that he he appoints the darkness. He's in charge of every evening, every morning, every time the sun comes up. So... uh, we live on a planet that uh, is inexpressibly beautiful and has endless variety, and all of that is worked together by God to show forth His glory in uh, in every blade of grass, in every every cow that's in the field. Everything is there to display His glory. And uh, it should take our breath away. I mean, I've been in a few situations, and that sunset tonight was close to that. It was so, I mean, I just pulled that line down, and I couldn't believe it. It was so beautiful. And there's been some scenes that I've seen in my 
life that have just been breathtaking. We talk about something being breathtaking. Uh, but I think if we had eyes to see, a lot more things would be breathtaking. I think if we meditated on things more, we would have our breath taken away in many different situations. Just the one thing that comes out in this psalm is just the interaction uh, of, of creation, the, the, uh, the harmony, the symmetry between every part, uh, the clouds. I mean, if you kind of read through this psalm, you get a feel for God. <clears throat> God made the, the clouds. He, he moves back the, the waters so that there's dry land. He sends his rain. The rain makes streams. The streams, uh, there's trees growing by the streams. There's birds in the trees. There's cattle by the, by the stream. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're there for, for uh, our benefit. There's vegetation. We can eat the vegetation. It all, it all works together for um, God's glory and our good. So, uh, also, we, we see that if he withdraws, we die. There's death. Um, verse 29, Thou dost hide thy face, they are dismayed. Thou dost, dost take away their spirit, they expire, and return to their dust. Thou dost send forth thy spirit, they are created. Thou dost renew the face of the ground. I was thinking about this thing of renewing. God is constantly renewing things, or else there wouldn't be any earth left. He's sustaining, he's renewing things. Uh, and I, I was reminded of this song that I, I'd heard along for many years, and I never really thought about it very much. But I think this is what this songwriter is talking about. Um, I know you've heard the song before, but morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing, praise for the morning, praise for them springing fresh from thy word. In other words, th this songwriter is looking out in the morning and seeing here's a bird singing, here's the, the sun coming up. And he's saying it's like, it's like God recreating uh, what he did there at the beginning. He made the sun, he made the birds, and here, here's a new day starting. Uh, praise for them springing fresh from thy word. Um, sweet the rain's new fall, sunlit from heaven, like the first dew fall on the first grass. You see that little blade of grass with that little, little bit of dew on it? The, this songwriter is thinking back, what was it like that first day, that first dew on the first grass, you know? <clears throat> um, Praise for the sweetness of the wet garden sprung in completeness where his feet pass. Mine is the sunlight, mine is the morning, born of the one light Eden saw play. Praise with elation, praise every morning, God's recreation of the new day. So, I mean, there's a sense in which God is recreating things new every morning. And it should remind us of the first creation, 
But it should also remind us that there's going to be a, a great recreation one day. I mean, we're here. There was creation. God is recreating. He's making things new, as it says here. Thou dost renew the face of the ground. But there's going to be a great renewal when Christ comes again. Well, um, basically the psalmist is looking out over creation and the works of God's providence and marveling at all the things he sees. But then at the end of the psalm, it's like it's almost like, uh, uh, did you have to bring that in? Because right at the end, he says, let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Then he says, let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. It's like all this other has been so beautiful, so wonderful as he's think, uh, contemplating creation. But then we have to realize that even as we look out into this world, it is a fallen world. Things are not the way they should be. And basically the psalmist is, is saying, Make them again the way they should be. And the only way that's going to be, the only way that can be is, is that sin is dealt with. Creation will never be what it should be until sin is dealt with. And so he says, let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Now I wanted to take a few thoughts here from John Piper. Uh, that I thought were good. God is God is actively we, we spoke uh, mentioned this. God is actively renewing His creation daily, and He actively takes pleasure in His creation. He He enjoys His creation. Um, he rejoices in it. He takes pleasure in his creation. And Piper pointed out five ways that that takes place. He delights in the works of his hands. And here's, here's the, let me just give these to you briefly. God rejoices in his works because his works are an expression of his glory. He, he delights to look at his creation because it's an expression of his glory. That's in verse 31. Um, Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Now, why does he say that after he's talked about all of these things about creation? Because creation uh, expresses something of the glory of God. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. So after he goes through all of these things that he's uh, talked about up through verse 30, then he says, let the glory of the Lord endure for forever. Let the Lord be glad in his works. So he, God rejoices in his works because they are an expression of his glory. And then also God rejoices in his works of creation because they praise him. Now, they don't, they can't inanimate, Objects cannot praise God the way we can as, as creatures made in his image, but they still, in their realm, in their particular place, they praise God. The grass that grows praises God. 
for just because it's fulfilling the function for which it was made. It's feeding the cattle. It's, it's, it's praising God that way. Everything, uh, in fact, the psalmist, you know, calls on everything to praise God. So, God rejoices in his works of creation because they praise him. Uh, let me just give one example here. Verse, uh, well, verse 25, I guess, would be a good one. <clears throat> there is the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals both great and small. There are the ships that move along, and Leviathan, which thou hast formed to sport in it. So here's the psalmist is saying, here's the, here's the vast ocean, and here's all these creatures uh, down in the ocean swimming around, swarms without number, and then there's this Leviathan, which we don't even know for sure what it is, some kind of sea monster, which God formed to sport in it. Uh, so these things these things were not just made somehow for man because we won't even see a lot of these things they're just down there so what are they doing why are they there well they're there because, to praise God even if we never see him even if we uh, you know they're totally hid from our eyes um, those creatures are, are there uh, to play like the sea monster, to frolic in the ocean, where no man will ever. There's things down there we never have seen, maybe never will see. <clears throat> but those things declare God's glory, and uh, they're uh, things that are there uh, to praise God. In uh, and He's He watches over him. He takes delight in those things. So, uh, God rejoices in the works of creation because they praise Him. And then, uh, number three, God rejoices in the works of cre- in the work of creation because they reveal His incomparable power. Of course, that's uh, one of the obvious things. Romans one brings that out: His 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 power, His Majesty. Verse twenty four. O Lord, how many are thy works in wisdom? Thou hast made them all. Well, I should... Uh, actually, that's the one on wisdom. The power is the next one. So it, it, they are there to display his wisdom. And then, let me read the next one since I already got to it. God rejoices in the works of creation because they reveal his incomparable power. Um, again, you can see that all through this psalm. Uh, for instance, verse 30, is, we've already read this, but thou dost send forth thy spirit, they are created. Thou dost renew the face of the ground. In other words, the power of God just renewing uh, his creation. And then last, the last one that Piper brings out, God rejoices in the works of creation because they point us beyond themselves to God himself. In other words... Uh, these things are all there to point us to God. Um, we, he, he wants us to be amazed, to be stunned, to be awed 
at his creation. But that's just a step because that is, that's a step to bring us into communion with him. It's not enough just to be awed at his creation, uh, the beauty, the grandeur, the majesty, but we have to use those things as a stepping stone to be in touch with him. So that's why the psalm ends with, uh, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Uh, Piper says this, he says, In the end, it will not be the seas or the mountains or the canyons or the clouds or the great galaxies that fill our hearts uh, with wonder and fill our mouths with eternal praise. It will be God himself. So it's a psalm related to uh, God's great power, wisdom, uh, glory in creation and, and in providence. You might say, well, why, why isn't there anything in here about redemption? I mean, that's what the main thing we ought to praise God for and, and uh, be writing our psalms about. Well, actually, <clears throat> the reason I think that is is because this psalm, 104, is, I think, a companion psalm to 103. If you look, you see they both start out, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Or bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, and uh, actually, Psalm 103 starts that way, and it ends that way. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 104, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then at the end of Psalm 104, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. So they're companion, companion psalms, and yet Psalm 103 is about redemption. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And goes on and talks about... Um, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding with loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. So it's, it's a psalm of redemption here. Uh, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So I think the reason that uh, that isn't in 104 is because he's already dealt with that in 103 and they are meant to be read together. One last thought here. I don't know the significance of this, but I, the, one of the commentaries said this. At the end of Psalm 104, you see that phrase, praise the Lord. Well, that's, that's hallelujah. That's, uh, you could just as well write hallelujah there. And this is the first use of the word hallelujah in the Bible. Uh, usually there's some significance to when you find the first use of a word in the scriptures. Um, I don't know what it is, but it must partly be that this is uh, this these two themes of redemption and God's providence and, and creation and providence are certainly the things that we are 
uh, ought to be shouting hallelujah about, um, praising the Lord for. Well, um, I think that's all that I have. But if nothing else, it's this just a brief exhortation to meditate upon the the uh, work of God as you look out um, at His universe, and that can include the blade of grass or the bumblebee or anything, uh, a bird, which reminds me, uh, I just I got a calendar for the new year and these birds birds are I don't know if you can see them it's incredible can you see that Baltimore Oriole that's let me show you some more all of these are beautiful but I mean some of these you just can't hardly this is a bun, bunning indigo bunning look at that Look at this painted bunny. Well, I mean, you know what? A scientist or a bird watcher or anybody, there's no excuse, you see. There's absolutely no excuse. A scientist ought to be a person that worships God more than anybody, anybody else. If he's studying God's creation, uh, if he would meditate with the help of God's Spirit, they, ought to, they would worship God all day long. Well, that's enough, I guess. That was a very... Uh, weak presentation of this psalm, but maybe there would be something there for your edification. I have another song in here. These are some we never sing, but um, all creatures of our God and King, lift up your, your voice. And with us sing, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun and golden... Do we sing that? Huh. Okay. Thou burning sun and golden beam, Thou silver moon with softer gleam, O praise Him, O praise Him, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thou rushing wind that art so strong, Ye clouds that sail in heaven along, O praise Him, Hallelujah. Thou rising morn, in praise rejoice. Ye lights of evening, find a voice. Thou flowing water, pure and clear, make music for thy Lord to hear. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thou fire so masterful and bright, that givest man both warmth and light. Hallelujah. Let all things their Creator bless, and worship Him in humbleness. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. 
Praise him. Oh, praise him. Hallelujah. 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 I think that's kind of what the psalmist was talking about. <laughs>